All right, I guess we're going to start this way. Uh, <laughs> I can sing it for you. No, don't. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. We'll, we'll try it again. Here, let's see. Brian there we go. He's playing on the radio, baby. All right, we don't. Uh, <laughs> well, that was quick. Holy s***, Brian's back! Oh, boy. Very inauspicious way to start, Roger. Ben, yeah. it's still showing that I don't have control of the board. I'm still showing that I'm, uh, that's why it didn't start. I don't know. There we go. Now we preset. We're good. There All right, listen, go. the show is on, right? I'm on the air. Either way. Who cares? This is, a, this is how it goes. It's late on a Friday night. Are you going to be really worried that the, uh, oh, boy, he doesn't run the tightest board in radio. Things are not uh, things are not looking good at all. Hey, it's Brian Noonan, 720 WGN, here until 1 o'clock. Glad you're with me. Things are very exciting here at uh, WGN. Big show planned. We are glad you are here. Always more fun when you are part of it. 312-981-7200. That's the phone number. That is also the text. If you want to keep in touch with us via social media. It's Brian Noonan Show on Facebook and Twitter. After 11 o'clock, we're going to talk to our good friends from the Irish American Heritage Center. The president of the Irish American Heritage Center, Mike Shefflin, is here. I know, we got the big guns here on a Friday night, Roger. Uh, we're going to talk all about Irish Fest and feature the music of St. Stephen's Green. They are in studio in the big performance studio. Thanks to Adam Phillips for getting everything set up over there. So we will have uh, live Irish music. We'll find out all about the big festival that is coming up uh, in two weeks at the Irish American Heritage Center, one of my favorite places. And then at 12.30, we're going to talk to Steve Dale because the 4th of July is coming up. Your pets are going to be panicked. What can we do to uh, keep our pets calm? Steve is out at a big cat conference in Los Angeles. I know that sounds like a time, Roger, that you and I are sad we're missing. Yes, uh, very much so. But we have to. Uh, we will soldier on. Now, this is a. Uh, usually, I'm. Uh, I see you on Sundays, which is always mm-hmm. a treat. This is your usual uh, kickoff for your weekend. So right. it is. Uh, it's nice to be here with you. Is uh, everything, uh, everything going according to plan? I've started out very sloppy. The show is uh, off to a. Uh, what I will consider. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say a rocky start before the uh, texts even start mm-hmm. pouring in. No, I, I mean, you're, I think you're being a little over self-critical. Um, but uh, it's it's a, a smoothish. Uh, beginning to the show well listen once once we get through the technical yeah. stuff as long as oh. i as long as my mouth still works i'm good to go well let's put it this way i'm glad that part of my desk is made out of wood because by the time the evening is over my shift is over yeah. i've knocked on enough parts of the wood that everything goes according to plan so i've got a lot of room to knock the wood tonight here <laughs> Knocking the wood is also a euphemism that yeah. you use around the house. Is that correct? Apparently. Is that something I'm uh, supposed yeah. to know about? <laughs> I am, uh, Roger, I am in the midst of a move that has gone on for, it's been uh, over well over a week. It's approaching the two-week mark that we've I been. Uh, it was all done already. No, of course. Uh, th- so did I. <laughs> this is uh, 312-981-7200. <laughs> I need to uh, please commiserate with me the most horrible moving experiences because I was just talking to Mike Shevlin, the president of the Irish American Heritage Center. He is getting ready to move as well. Uh, we just went through this horrific move that it shouldn't be this horrific, but uh, just it has gone on and on and on to the point where finally on Tuesday night, we were finished with the old house. I had patched and sanded all the walls. We had cleaned everything. Because when we moved from our previous home, we were renting this house because we weren't sure where we were going to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't sure if this was the place for us. And so, uh, but I treated this home as if it were my own because I'm not, uh, 
well, I'm not a garbage person, Roger. I'm going to no. say that right out loud. And uh, you can disagree or agree. No, I'd say I it's agree up to you. 100%. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But So I treated this home that, I, that we were living in as my own. I was very respectful of it. And so as we were getting ready to move out, I went through and, you know... You know I'm a collector of fine art. Yes, you are. Uh, mostly framed posters of mm-hmm. uh, women in bikinis. But either way, <laughs> I have a lot of I have a lot of fine art in the house. Yes, you do. And I hang them up very. I hang them up with big, big nails because I don't want them coming down. The, I, the heavy, big nails with the ridges on them. I to I think sit they're right in there. Eighteen penny. Ooh, I think is the size of this you. nail. I don't even know if that's an actual nail it size. Is. I know sixteen penny is a nail size. Mm-hmm. I just exaggerated and went up to. <laughs> okay. So we're at eighteen penny <laughs> nails that are hammered into the walls. So I go through and I I took my spackle mm-hmm. and this was the first time. I don't know if you've seen spackle like this. Uh, it goes on pink. No, and then I've it dro- never seen it. I didn't either, and I panicked because I opened the spackle uh, tub mm-hmm. and there's this pink goo in there, and I was like, all right. Uh, somebody's hubba bubba got caught in the uh, home improvement aisle and I'm reading it and it says oh don't worry it goes on pink and then it'll dry and it'll be white and everything's going to be dandy okay like, all right well it turns out that's exactly what happens so you put the you put the spackle in there uh-huh. and it's all pink and it looks like your wall has the measles and then the next day you come back and oh look at it it's all done so I had spackled it I sanded the walls down we cleaned the floor oh man the garage was uh, everything was better than when we moved in well that's the way it should be because you're a good Cause, neighbor right because i'm not yeah. a garbage human no that's no i'm a good tenant mm-hmm. that's what it is i'm a good tenant All right. and i'm overly i'm overly psychotic about trying to get the uh the deposit back <laughs> so besides moving into the new house uh-huh. i'm still trying to maintain get get finished at the old house and so now it's been uh, monday it'll be two weeks since this whole endeavor started where nice. i first started dragging stuff over to the, to the over to place. the new house in a rented u-haul van and nothing says, man, Brian's on the ball than a rented U-Haul van. I'm hopping up in there. I'm like, uh, I'm like Smokey and the Bandit. I'm taking stuff across the line, across uh-huh. the uh, the line into Chicago. Because now I'm technically, for the first time in my life, I am literally a Chicagoan. Whoa! I am, that's right. I'm in the city, and I got welcome I listen, to our taxes. <laughs> don't even, don't even get me started. I'm at Home Depot. How many bags do you want to buy? What do you mean? How many bags do I want to buy? I'm like, oh, you know how many bags I want to buy? As many as Elmwood Park's going to give me for free when I cross Harlem <laughs> Avenue and go shopping over there. That's how many bags I want for free. It's already started. Yes. Our auto insurance like, oh, you know what? That's a Chicago zip code. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the... All the, insur- all the insurance ding, 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 has changed. Ding, ding. It's like, wait a minute. What's going on here? You know, I've got an alarm system. I'm supposed to get a credit for that. Yeah. You know, I've got monitored smoke and mm-hmm. carbon monoxide. I am the safest guy you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. you're saving $6. What? <laughs> How could that possibly be? <laughs> but I got to give you kudos, Roger, because when I saw you Sunday, uh-huh. I said to you, listen, I am uh, i don't know how the city works. Uh-huh. I mean, I do know how it works, right. but I don't have the kind of money to bribe the people that I need to bribe <laughs> to get things done around my house. I'm a working man, yep. and the working man doesn't have the connections that some of the, you know, uh, Alderman and other people have. He's more I'm well-to-do not people, sure. I'm not well-heeled, let's say, <laughs> or gotcha. well-connected. Uh-huh. You know, I may get a free pint at the Irish American Heritage Center, but that's only if, you know, only if I'm uh, you wearing a volunteer shirt. Yeah, I know the guy in charge, <laughs> so I might be able to get, to, you know, I might be able to get a beer there. But in right. the rest of the city, I'm just a regular schmo, like everybody else. Okay. So remember I said to you, 
the previous tenants in this house we moved into left all kinds of stuff in the attic. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was horrible. They had chopped yeah. up a sectional sofa. Mm-hmm. There was... Honest to God, I I wish I was lying, Mike. A big sectional (laughs) sofa chopped up, it's in the alley. There was stuff piled everywhere. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know if the streets and sand is going to come down the alley and take this. Mm -hmm. I don't know when garbage day is. Nobody can give me any information. So Roger, in all your wisdom, you said, you know what you should do? You should call the ward office. Because the ward office is going to take care of everything. They're Mm -hmm. in charge of keeping the ward clean. They want everything to run smoothly in the ward. That's right. And I said, well, okay. So I do what I always do when I'm uh, confronted with a chore like that. I said to Debbie, hey, Debbie, you need to call the ward office. <laughs> and uh, so Monday, my lovely wife, she calls the ward office. Right. And what happened with the ward office? Oh, this is the big tease. I'll tell you in just a minute. It's WGN. All right. Brian Noonan until one. We will talk all things Irish Fest on the other side of the news. All right, Roger. So again, I have to give you I give you all the credit in the world because you said we should contact the ward office. That's right. So Debbie calls the ward office mm-hmm. on Monday, and uh, they said, oh, well, sure. Garbage day is uh, on Tuesday, okay. and we will alert, uh, we'll talk to the alderman, right. and he'll talk to streets, and we'll make sure everything is taken care of. And That's I was like, great. well, sure, yeah. but it's the city that works. Wink, right. wink, nudge, nudge. There was no envelope <laughs> in anybody's office. I didn't know if this was actually going to happen. But, uh, so I'm, I go to school Tuesday because it was, uh, Roger, you're going to be very proud of me. I'm teaching kindergarten in summer school. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. Don't congratulate me. I'm a sucker for punishment. <laughs> Uh, but You're anyway, so cute I had yeah, I had uh, <laughs> I had my in service. I had uh, oh okay, uh, right. staff development day right, right. where we had to go. Uh, so now we're coming back. It's Tuesday. I'd gone back to the old house to do some cleaning with Debbie, and now we're driving back to the new house. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to pull down the alley, and it's going to be a nightmare. I'm going to see that. I'm going to see that sectional sofa all mm-hmm. chopped up. I'm going to see all these things, and I'm just going to cry because th- we couldn't even take out our own garbage. There was so much garbage from before. Wow. So now, instead of living in a nice new home, I'm living kind of at the dump because yeah. there's there's just there's garbage everywhere. <laughs> what to my wondering eyes should appear but an empty alley? Whoa! The city came through. Fantastic. My ward, uh, my ward actually did what they said. Mm-hmm. So you know what we do? Because again, we're not garbage people. No. Mm-hmm. So the next day, Debbie calls the ward office. And just to say thank you, to say, listen, thanks for doing what we asked. Everything was perfect. And the woman who answered the phone could not have been more shocked. Exactly. She was like, nobody ever calls us to say thank you. (laughs) Are you sure? Is everything else okay? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We just wanted to thank you because you did, you know, they did what what they did. And uh, now can you tell us when recycling day is and blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. so she told us all that. And. But the woman could not have been nicer. Oh, thank you so much for calling and telling us. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure I pass this along. That was <laughs> so very nice. That's say now you're in good forever. That seriously. See, that was why. That was why I said we should call back and thank yeah. them. Because now, God forbid, anything happens. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's rats or tarantulas or mm-hmm. anything else in the alley. Well, I'm sure there are rats. I don't know about the tarantulas. <laughs> but uh, you know, we just call the war. We're going to be. We're going to be like model citizens. I may be a ward committeeman at some point. You know what? What? You got you got to take care of the street. You could volunteer. What does that mean? I got to take care of the street. Well, you're, the street that you live on, they look for people to kind of 
I don't want to be the Gladys Kravitz of my block. No, no, no. You I don't, don't want to be the guy going, I saw somebody. Well, I already had a guy, uh, a new neighbor, <laughs> yeah. very upset, uh, came out, talked to me. He was nice. He goes, the first day I'm unpacking the car. And, you mm-hmm. know, I look like I look like death warmed over. And he comes out. He goes, well, you know, you know the tradition, don't you? And I'm like, dude, I don't have time for this. <laughs> the tradition is me not talking to anybody. That's the tradition. I live in my own little bubble. Nobody uh-huh. gets in. That's my. You don't know the tradition, my friend. The tradition is you shouldn't have spoken to me because you're getting zero response. That is the new tradition on this street. The tradition is you see me, ignore me. I don't exist. That's right. I'm the Claude Rains of this neighborhood. <laughs> You may see a hat floating down the street. All right. I'm not under it. <laughs> so he says, uh, you know, he came out to he came out to say hello, and it was very nice. Very neighborly. Sure. Very neighborly. Yeah. Uh, one of these neighbors who's retired, so he has a lot of time to talk. Right. Uh, and boy, he wanted to talk. I learned about all his uh, heart ailments. Ooh. I learned about everything within a five-minute conversation. That was nice. But then I learned. I'm glad he summarized. Oh, sure. Uh, no, <laughs> trust me. That was only because I was holding a box, and I went, you know what? It's very nice to meet you. i got to get this inside, because I think my spine just shot out my back. Um, so I said to him, uh, I'm like, all right, well, it's nice to meet you. He goes, hey, yeah, i tell you what. Uh, the people who lived here before you, I don't understand it. Uh, they never parked in the garage. They always parked on the street. I think you should have to park in the garage. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, we're not parking in our garage till at least October. Because right now it is filled with everything that we couldn't fit in the house. Right. So, you know, and I wanted to say, first of all, dude, it's the city. Right. I can park wherever I want. Well, but, I, uh, you know, uh, finders keepers on the parking spot. He doesn't have a car. Or, or if he does, he parks in his garage. So it's not, I wasn't, you know... There, there was no. Uh, I didn't have to call you dibs. for winter time when he's got his dibs out. Listen, when the winter comes, my mm-hmm. garage will be clean. All right. But right now, it's got stuff that we've been trying to sell and boxes that wouldn't fit in the basement, and it's just—it's a nightmare. Yeah. I have—I right. have a, a no-car garage. I have a basically a two-car shed is what I have in the backyard. <laughs> uh, just a shed. It's yeah. got the extra door so I can, uh, you know, try to pop the lawnmower out so I can find that. But everything else is, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just stacked floor he's, to ceiling. He's just setting you up. Just to take my word for it. I know. Yeah, I just going to be okay. Oh, I know it's going to be okay. Because yeah. pretty soon, yeah. I won't feel the need to be the new neighbor. I'll just be the guy who nobody talks to, <laughs> which is fine. Right. I'll be, oh, just, there he is again. Yeah, he doesn't really say anything, <laughs> yeah. does he? He just grunts and walks out, and he makes weird noises, and then he gets in his car and drives away. Yeah, where's his car? Not in the garage. Yeah. That's they're, where it is, right on the street. They're going to see you walk out of your house and go, everyone, go across the street. Go around them. It'll be like a cartoon western yeah. where the bad guy walked down the street and all uh-huh. the shutters shut <laughs> and everybody and there's just big clouds on the street because everybody took off. The little kids yeah. inside. Oh, cover the eyes. Yeah. You don't, don't even don't even look at him. There's nothing good is going to happen if you look at this guy. So yeah, that's I can't. Oh, I can't wait to be a fixture in the neighborhood. Well, there you go. So what other you know what other kind of ward office could I hold where I wouldn't really have to talk to anybody, but I could start accumulating clout. That's my goal now well, that I, I live in the city. This. I got to have clout. If I were you, yeah, and and I know you're going to probably have someone else do this, of course. But <laughs> anything you tell me, I'll just repeat to Debbie. I so would go ahead. Definitely bring a tray of cookies. What? Oh, yeah, I'm serious. To who? I'm to the ward office. <laughs> if you want to see a bunch of people fall to the floor fainting from heart attacks or strokes. Because well, see, I don't know if that's—I don't before. know if that's really my goal—is to kill yeah, everybody uh, uh, who's in charge of the war, Roger. Recover. That doesn't they'll sound. Recover. They'll recover. Trust me. But really, bring them something 
And it's not a big office. You know, there's not a lot of people there during the day, just the secretary and the ward superintendent, maybe. But he's supposed to be out checking on all of the ward workers. Sure, he's got to make sure my alley's around during the day. So, but you bring this over and you say, huh, you introduce yourselves and really want to thank you guys for for taking care of everything. And we look forward to working with you. And and here's a little something from us because you really helped us move in. You All really right. helped us with the move. We we were distraught uh, because we we weren't getting everything in on time. Yada yada. You know what to say. You can schmooze. I know you. Yeah, you no, know you don't. Obviously, <laughs> you are. I don't know who you think is hosting tonight, but uh, we've known each other long enough. Where yeah. you are, you are way off on your character but evaluation. I would, I would do this and introduce yourselves, right. and then you're done. You're done. Should I throw out that I'm a uh, major media personality? No. Should I let that be known no, in the award? That will scare them. Sure, it should uh, because then I want they my alley clean. Right, because then they will like plow around everything during the winter and then and move all the snow right in front of your house you think so? and in front of your garage. You don't think the fact that I, you know, I'm telling these stories on the air no, and I'm not well, afraid to but I'm see, not afraid to out the ward if that happens. You can out them but you're going to have to pay the price. Yeah, I'm not going to out. <laughs> I'm just listen, right you. now I'm I'm uh, infatuated with them. All right, we've got to do this then it'll be news time and uh oh and then we'll talk Irish fest and we'll hear from St. Stephen's Green a lot coming up on the other side of the news at 7:20 WGN. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. It is that time of year, the beginning of July, which means Irish Fest is coming back to the Irish American Heritage Center. If you are not Irish, you don't need to be. You need to get up to the Irish American Heritage Center because uh, Irish Fest is just a wonderful weekend of music and programs and fun and uh, eating and drinking and culture. Uh, It is happening on July 12th, 13th, and 14th. And the president of the Irish American Heritage Center, Mike Shevlin, is in the studio with me. Uh, Mike, good to see you. Mike and I, uh, full disclosure, uh, Mike's been, well, your, your parents... Are one of the founders of the center, and right. um, Mike and I are on the board with the uh, the Irish American Hall of Fame. But now Mike has risen to the ranks of president after a, a violent coup. Would that be accurate? Um, an an incredible takeover. That would a, a that would power actually grab. Not at all be accurate, but oh. I, I like the thought of it. I do too. It sounds much better than oh no, I was nominated and there was an election and uh, and I won. Yeah. That seems so it pedestrian. Seems kind, of, kind of boring. Yeah. yeah, that's not. So you also you also are in charge of booking all the music. And, that's and, for the uh, fest, which has got to be uh, an un- unbelievably difficult feat because you've got stages going all over the center, out in the parking lot. You're bringing in bands and musicians, not only from Chicago, but from all over the world. How has it evolved in the years since the uh, fest started? Well, you know, we're celebrating, this is our 34th year wow. of Irish Fest, and I have not been booking the music for 34 years, needless <laughs> to say. I was going to say, you're not that old. But, uh, but it, has, it has changed quite a bit, but even in the early days, we did our best to bring the best in. Uh, we, we would bring bands over from Ireland if we had yeah. the budget to do it, and we, you know, Chicago is such a, a wealth of Irish music. I yeah. mean, it's really one of the best Irish music towns in, I'd, I'd put it up there, I'd say in the world, really. I mean, the people that we have that live here that will be playing at sessions, at pubs, or, pubs around town, and that we have access to at the Irish American Heritage Center and other places around the city, it's nobody can match it. Yeah. So we've been able to do that over the years, but as the festival has grown, we have done our best to bring everybody the best and the brightest of Irish entertainment worldwide, and uh, we're doing it again this year. And music is the, while there's all 
kinds of other activities and things that go along with the festival, which we'll discuss. The music is the centerpiece of this of this fest because it's happening. As I mentioned, you've got uh, how many how many stages? We have six stages total. Okay, and uh, so you know they they are varying in size, of mm-hmm. course, and scope. But um, you can see music throughout our building. We we occupy our building at, on the northwest side of Chicago in the Mayfair neighborhood. It occupies a full city block, Chicago city block, which you'll become very familiar right. with in your, yes. in your new digs. I know, city blocks are scary. <laughs> we know how to talk to the ward as well. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it, so we have four floors. It's a former, uh, former junior college and high school, um, made for a community college. And, uh, you know, we've been in the building for 34 years. And we, we, this, the whole point of the Irish Fest since the beginning has been to showcase just what we have here. And lately, especially, we've been trying to showcase everything we do 365 days a year, 52, right. day, 52 weeks a year, um, all of the things that we have to offer. And so much of it revolves around music. So we'll have it, we have music on six different stages through several floors and outside in our parking lot. And it's everything from the kids that uh, take uh, music lessons to the bagpipers that practice to the dance, the dance schools that uh, practice at our center our local musicians, and then, of course, the ones that come in from out of town. Yeah, and it's and it's all different kinds of music. If you think, oh, I know what Irish music sounds like, you probably don't, because especially with some of these headliners, it's, it's really modern Irish Celtic music. It's not, you know, it's... It's not your grandfather's Irish For music. Sure. Some of it is. Some of For it is sure. very traditional, but some of it is is wild. So we'll tell you, there's, there's one band that we're bringing in this year that uh, has not performed at our festival in several years and they've had several incarnations over the years okay but the band they're from belfast ireland and uh they're called mcpeak and it used to be they were the mcpeak family okay and um so there's a several generations and now i think we're on the fourth incarnation of this this generational family music legend similar to what the makem family is and the yes. clancy family is and the brennan family is with moya brennan and anya and all that um the mcpeaks are right up there so Francis the first, Francis McPeak the first. Is he a king of some? Uh, it's just. It's, I think you just have to. You have to ha- add numbers just to show the okay, accomplishments sure. over the years. But Francis, because there's four Francis's. That's oh, right. so, all right. Well, that makes. But sense. Francis the first, you've probably heard the song. If anybody knows Irish music, you've heard the song "Wild Mountain Time" mm-hmm. or "Will You Go, Lassie Go." Same song, yeah. pretty much. So Francis McPeak the first, he wrote that song. Oh wow! And then you go to Francis the second. This was in the 50s and 60s, and he was a guy that hung out in the folk music scene with Pete Seeger and Bob Dylan and Van Morrison, and he influenced these guys, Liam Clancy, Tommy Makem, and, and they were hanging out in those days and taught them a lot, and you'll see, a lot, you'll see Irish influences in, in the folk music of that time, and a lot of that came, Bob Dylan has even referenced it, from the McPeak family. Okay. And then Francis III, about 10 years after that, taught John Lennon, of all people, how to play the Ilan Pipes. Oh, jeez. And you'll hear the Irish influence in some of the, the John Lennon music of the early 1970s. He actually wrote music that was, you know, uh, supporting Ireland in the, in the whole conflict, the troubles, yeah, so to speak. The troubles. And now we're on the fourth. And now the fourth uh, incarnation of this, they still play their traditional Irish music, but they also have this, like, uh, this new found uh, traditional slash folk 
slash even a bit of a little country, like a, more of a Nashville edge to them. Okay. And that's what we're going to see at the Irish American Heritage Center. Over, They're flying in just to see us Very over, two, nice. over two days over the weekend. So that's the kind of thing, and that's how Irish music has transcended everything uh, over the last you know 30 years or so. It is. It, it maybe started someplace, but it's become something completely different. And one of the groups that uh, was uh, phenomenally successful last year, Tupelo is back. Yes. And uh, some of the others. It, it's got to be tough because uh, you've got a lot of favorites, and we're going to hear from uh, one of the favorites, St. Stephen's Green, in right. a minute, because I've seen them at the fest before and at other things at the uh, at the center. Um, you want to bring people back, bands back that people really love, but you also want to bring in new music, and uh, like McPeak, people who... You know, the fest hasn't seen. How do you draw that line? Where do you find, strike the balance between we're going to bring back, you know, these people because they were great, but we got to bring in this many new bands? Well, there's a couple different ways to look at it. Uh, first of all, let's be honest, it's about availability. Right. Well, sure. Sometimes it's about and pricing. <laughs> um, but, uh, but in the case of Tupelo, for instance, this will be our fourth year um, having Tupelo, and that's usually okay. not the best way to. Put a festival together to have the same band come in four years in a row. Yeah. But I'll tell you, year over year, um, Tupelo has been the most asked about band. Really? And you know, kind of in the off season, so to speak. Are they coming back? Are they coming back? And we were one of the first. Well, it's because they're two cute guys. The, the ladies well, go. Let's be honest. The music is great, but the ladies go crazy for Tupelo. The guys like them too because I the know, music's good. That's you know? what I said. And, uh, they, yes, the music but, is. But very you're right. Good. You're right. The girls. The girls like them. They they're, love them. They're attractive guys, and they like the ladies too. But. Um, <laughs> But, you know, they came to us, and you know, four years ago, and no one had heard of them, right. and we gave them a chance because, and let's be honest, I like the music, yeah. and a few of us on the committee liked the music, and we said, let's give it a shot, yeah. and, um, but they've grown a, an audience here in Chicago because of this festival, and now they've, they've grown from a, a band that nobody heard of four years ago to a band that they're actually headlining our festival on, on Sunday, which is a really big deal for yeah. a band like that. But they're huge in Ireland, and they, they, they've had a couple of number one hits, and their, their records go to the top of the charts, and they're, you know, yeah. uh, the lead singer, he writes songs for all of the top uh, rock and roll and pop folks over in Ireland. So why wouldn't they be big? And it's just a question of getting there, getting in front of them. They're one of the best live acts I've seen. Very nice. All right. Well, we can talk about music all day, but we got to hear some music. Let's take a quick break. Then we are going to come back and meet St. Stephen's Green and hear some music from them. We're talking about the Irish Fest, which is happening at the Irish American Heritage Center, July 12th through the 14th. You can go to irish-american.org to get all the details, get your tickets. Uh, if I'm correct, if you buy tickets early, there is a discount. Is that yes, correct? advanced tickets, $10 tickets until uh, the day before, July the 11th. That is very cheap, so get your tickets now. The Irish American Heritage Center, of course, 4626 North Knox in Chicago. Let's do this, then we'll hear, some, hear from St. Stephen's Green. It's WGN. All right, Brian Noonan back on 720 WGN. Uh, we've been talking about all the music that is happening at Irish Fest, which is happening July 12th through the 14th at the Irish American Heritage Center, irish-american.org. But it's time to meet one of the bands that will be entertaining everybody at Irish Fest. I have seen them a number of times before, a wonderful group, St. Stephen's Green. They are here, Liz Van Wormer, Matt Ubzut, and Ron Delfman. The, uh, one of their members, unfortunately, uh, fell ill and was not able to come, so we will just consider you three 
All St. Stephen's Green. Is that okay? That's fine with us. Well, it is good to have you. And I, I have to apologize. When you came in, I said, oh, I've seen you before, and we love you. And I said, my wife loves your version of Brown Eyed Girl. I, it wasn't Brown Eyed Girl. It was Galway Girl. <laughs> but I had, been, I had been out running around, so I was a little frazzled. So it I was, was going to say, Brown Eyed Girl. No, Galway Girl, you guys, she loves, when I told her you were going to be on, she's like, oh, I love what they do, Galway Girl. So uh, a lot of great stuff. So how long have you guys been together? Oh, about five years now, I think. And you you work all over. I've uh, you know if people want to get uh, want to get information. They can go to Saint Stephen's Green Chicago dot com. That's the band's website. So what's it like when you go up to these uh, to Irish Fest? Because you've been there before. It's it's a crazy time. How is it when you're a band performing in front of that crowd? I think it's uh, probably one of the best crowds that we perform for because everyone is there to hear Irish music and um, people just really get into whatever you're doing with it, whether it's traditional stuff or whether it's more modern stuff. Um, and then, of course, there's families there, so all the kids kind of gather in front of the stage and just dance <laughs> around. And I think that encourages the older people then to come and dance, too. So um, it's a- absolutely a blast, for sure. Well, I want to dance a little, so what are you going to do for us? We're actually going to do Galway Girl. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. It's safe. <laughs> Stevens Green. Well, I took a stroll on the old long walk of the day.
Very nice. Very nice. St. Stephen's Green, they will be at Irish Fest, and we'll hear more from the band after the news. Uh, Mike, you wanted to mention, Mike Shevlin is here as the president of the Irish American Heritage, and before we go to news, you wanted to mention the big uh, little change on Friday night to kick things off. Yeah, well, first of all, you know, you just heard St. Stephen's Green, and uh, they're going to be performing on Friday night, 10 p.m. Ah, they're going to be closing nice. out the festival on that evening, so if you like what you hear, make sure you're there for that, but uh, Friday night for us, uh, we're doing something a little bit different this year, and um, I hope, uh, let's just hope it pays off, but uh, we, <laughs> we have a band coming all in. All mime? Is that how it's going to be different? It's not going to be all mime at okay. all. It's going to be completely the opposite. It's a band, uh, they're out of L.A., and uh, they've been named several times as the best live band in L.A. Uh, by L.A. Weekly Magazine. Wow. Um, they're described, if, you can, if I can get this all out in one sentence, uh, New Orleans soul, Texas swing, old-time ragtime, Chicago blues, old Nashville country, and they just kind of put it all together sounds, in a musical gumbo. Sounds like a group that is indecisive. Uh, indecisive or indecisive. just very danceable, I there think. There you go. But, um, but you just heard Galway Girl there, and that was a song that was written by Steve Earle about some 20 years ago. And um, Steve Earle, of course, is not an Irishman. Right. Happened to be living in Ireland at the time. It's now become one of the most famous Irish songs on the planet, an Galway excellent Girl. excellent song. And All right, so Dust Bowl, uh, Dust Bowl they're, Revival. They're playing this weekend with Steve Earle on a major okay. festival circuit, um, and that's the kind of band we're going to have. So Dust Bowl Perfect. Revival, and then Coyote Riot, a Chicago uh-huh. bluegrass band, opening up for them, and then St. Stephen's Green to close. Sounds perfect. All right, more with uh, Irish Fest on the other side. His eyes, they closed, and his last breath spoke. He had seen all to be seen. A life once full, now an empty vase, with the blossoms on his early Beads. Count them one, two, three. One, two, three. Fell apart as they hit the floor. In our garb of black, we must pay respect to the color we're born to mourn. Walk away, me boys, walk away, me boys, and by morning we'll be free. Whack the golden hair from your mother, dear. Take the blood of the flag for me. For there are many ways to kill a man, they say, with bayonet axe 
name for which we slept our days so every man shall his kingdom come walk away me boys walk away me boys and by morning we'll be free wipe the golden tear from your mother dear grace what's left of the flag for me St. Stephen's Green. You can see them Friday night at Irish Fest. Irish Fest is at the Irish American Heritage Center, and that is happening July 12th, 13th, and 14th. They are closing out the Friday night performance. You guys sound great. How did uh, you get together as a group, and was Irish music always what you played? Is this, Or was this something that as you got together and started to talk, you went, you know what, Irish music might be a way to go. Um, well, I actually uh, worked with Matt, and I was in a singing competition, and I invited all the staff to come out, and he came out, and he saw me, and he goes, I need you in my band, <laughs> which was like a very rough formation at that time. It was pretty much just getting together with a couple guys and playing guitar. Um, so I auditioned, and um, that was kind of that, and then we brought in some more members. We brought in Ron, um, gone through a couple drummers and whatnot, and that's who we are now, St. Stephen's Green. Um Irish music has always been what we played. Um, we kind of dabble in some other stuff, too, and even in our set we have some non-Irish artists, uh, more modern stuff. But, yeah, it's all of our passion. We're um, really excited about what we do, and we enjoy it, and we really, really just um, love how the crowd reacts to it. And I think that kind of just pushes us and drives us to do more and try more and all that well, you guys are real lively on stage, which is very engaging, as you said, that you know, you've got people dancing up front. I have to say this, I, I like that you don't have to be Irish to be in St. Stephen's Green, because Ron, uh, Ron is German, and yet you have embraced him as one of your own, which I think is, is wonderful. Ron, it's, it's nice to have you on the Irish side of the street. Why, thank you. Uh, and I really enjoy playing with these guys. And you, you were a, a more recent addition, so the band was already going. Had you played Irish music before? Uh, yeah, way back in Germany, I was in a skiffle band, actually, and we played kind of, well, besides skiffle, we played uh, Irish, English folk music, things for, like that. So this was an easy fit for you? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing an excellent job. We're going to hear more from the band in a couple of minutes. Mike Shevlin is here. He is the president of the Irish American Heritage Center. Uh, so we've been talking a lot about the music mike but uh, irish fest is so much more than the music what other kind of uh for let's talk about the programs for the kids because a lot of people hear about irish fest and they they assume well it's going to be all adults and they're going to be listening to music and there may or may not be a beer up there or two so maybe it's not for the family and that couldn't be further from the truth 
Uh, that's absolutely true, Brian. And um, you know, I like to think that the music should be enough for the kids to just get up and dance around. But yes, I know, it should be. I know that that's not always the truth. <laughs> so, uh, but we do have a kids area, children's area, uh, on Saturday and Sunday from one to six p.m. Um, since we're on WGN Radio, I need to mention that the yes. Chicago White Sox street team will be part of our kids' area we all love it. weekend long. So they'll have uh, there'll be opportunities to uh, you know to do kids' games and all the things that the street team does, T-shirts Terrific. and tickets and all that kind of thing. And there, there are, is uh, there a chance that uh, my favorite mascot, Southpaw, will oh, be there? We uh, never know. You never know. You never know. You never know. But uh, but we're very happy. They're they're a partner yeah, of ours. Terrific. Have been for the last couple of years, and uh, so that's that's a big part of our uh, of our even on the north side, very welcome to have the White Sox. Yeah. Uh, White Sox representing, but also you know we have uh, uh, the Wolfhound, the Irish Wolfhound yes. dogs. I was going to ask if they were going to be and, there. Again. Um, you know that's a wonderful treat for these kids. You know mo- the dogs are usually taller than the kids themselves, <laughs> but uh, they come they come out and they're very friendly dogs, and you can pet them and all that kind of thing. And then we have the the, the falconer. Don't right. forget the falconer. So you, you can't the, forget the falconer. You have the falcon flying around and landing right in front of the kids and stuff. And but there's you know face painting and there's a freckle contest. There's stuff all throughout throughout the day on Saturday and Sunday primarily. Yeah. Not so much on Friday. But okay. Well, yeah, because Friday is uh, Friday. It's what are the hours? Because Friday so, starts yeah, a little later so in the, the day. It, it doesn't start till six p.m. So okay. it's six p.m. to midnight on Friday. It's uh it's noon to midnight on Sunday. Very nice. And then noon to eleven on, or I'm sorry, noon to midnight on Saturday. Noon to eleven noon on to 11. Sunday. And then on Sunday, actually before noon, there's a mass at ten thirty. If you oh, want to come nice. out and and get, get the spiritual side going for yourself, well, sure. Because uh, I'm usually still asleep yeah. under one of the tables. Yeah, you so you just, can come just get right up yeah. and off <laughs> you go. Up, get, toss me a blessing, Father. Yes, and then I'm on my way. Yes, yes. So we've got we've got the kids. They're covered. We've got music. That's covered. There's a lot of cultural activities. You've got Irish dancers, as you mentioned. You've got now the second floor. If people haven't been to the Irish American Heritage Center, there's a library up there, a museum. There's all sorts of culture going on, and that's going on during Irish Fest, too. That's exactly right. And again, as I mentioned earlier, you know, this is an opportunity for us to showcase all the wonderful yeah. stuff that we have. And um, this is stuff that you can come to see throughout the year, but... When you're at Irish Fest, you get to see the best of it all. So we have everything from uh, one-act plays being performed, original one-act plays. We have uh, a lecture series. If you want to learn about ex- uh, Irish history, you can learn about uh, the women of the Easter Rising, for, uh, for, you know, for example, or the castles of Ireland. Yeah. Um, if you want to learn how to play the Boron, yes. which... Your, I believe your teacher will be there doing a demo. Yes, he's uh, very he's very good. If he Michael could teach Austin me to play, from, then... <laughs> and, uh, but we'll have Michael Austin from the band The Boils. We'll also have Jackie Moran, who's a famed uh, local player here in town, very on nice. each day uh, doing demos. That's free of charge. Um, there's a there's a photographer from uh, County Wexford that makes his home here in Chicago now. His name is Barry Butler. Fantastic and stuff. He's, you, you can see his work on a regular basis on WGN morning radio um and and other outlets here in the city and he's he's a fantastic photographer and he'll be having an art exhibit in the art gallery all weekend long and and also with prints for sale of these wonderful wonderful images of our city the city of chicago but also great irish images you know from from the old sod so to speak so uh there's something there truly is something for every if you genealogy is your thing if you want to come find out a little bit about your family history our genealogy team will be on staff all weekend long in the library so there's there's really a lot to do it doesn't have to be about the music you could feel your days doing everything sure. else and there's food and there's shopping there's vendors with all kinds of uh, yeah. crafts and irish merchandise and it's just and it's in the building and outside the building so if it's if it's hot that weekend and you need a little oh we'll go into the go into 
into the center. It's nice and cool. Go into in the there. tea room and have yes. a cup of tea and maybe exactly. uh, maybe a scone and get some air conditioning. There's music in there, quiet music, of course, and white tablecloths. Sure. But there's air conditioning. That's where places. I spend most of my yeah, I'm day. Sure. I'm sure. Sure. Of I'm course. Sure. Debbie, Debbie's out rocking out, and you're oh. upstairs in the tea room. That, sure. Somebody has to take her home. I but but there truly time. is. There truly is. Like you know, if if it's a hot day, there's air conditioning. Very if nice. it's not a hot day, you could be outside all day. Whatever. Getting you need. crazy. Uh, Irish Fest again is July 12th, 13th, and 14th at the Irish American Heritage Center. Go to Irish American.org. If you buy your tickets uh, now, you get them for $10. That is unbelievably cheap. You can buy them uh, through July 11th and you'll get uh, $10 tickets, advanced tickets, $15 after that, which is still cheap for all the entertainment you are going to get. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about the fest and we are going to hear more from St. Stephen's Green and uh, we'll start wrapping up this hour on 720 WGN. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. Mike Shevlin is here. He is the president of the Irish American Heritage Center. Uh, St. Stephen's Green is also here. They are performing at Irish Fest. Irish Fest is happening July 12th, 13th, and 14th uh, at the Irish American Heritage Center, irish-american.org. Let's go back into the performance space where St. Stephen's Green is there. Uh, You guys have been been sounding great. And uh, when it... uh, is is the Irish music community in Chicago now? Mike had talked about how strong it is. It is is it a supportive community? Do you guys all uh, all the bands get along, or is there a lot of uh, like West Side Story animosity between you and the other bands that may be at Irish Fest? I don't think there's any animosity at all. Um, what we've experienced is genuine support, and um, you know, it's always people calling us saying, "Hey, we thought of you. Do you want to do this?" Or, um, "Hey, I know you guys can't make it. Is there someone else you can recommend, and we'll recommend another band or?" another act um so it's just a genuine um genuine connection with you know the other artists and really we all have each other's backs very cool uh st stephen's green chicago.com is the website you can go there find out all about the band you can find out uh, their upcoming dates but the one you have to pay attention to is they will be friday july 12th they will be closing out the first night of irish fest at the irish american heritage center and what are we going to hear from you now um, we're going to do uh, one by the Pogues. This one's called Dirty Old Town. Nice. Oh, I love this song.
make a big sharp St. Stephen's Green, you can see them at the Irish Fest. On uh, They are closing out Friday night, July 12th, Irish American Heritage Center. Uh, you can go to stephensgreenchicago.com to get all the information on the band. You guys sounded terrific. Thank you for coming out tonight. I really appreciate it. I'll see you up at the fest. Thanks for having us. It is my pleasure. That's uh, Liz Van Wormer, Matt Ubjut, and Ron Delfman. They are St. Stephen's Green. There, there may be other members of the band. I don't know. They're not here. They don't count. Uh, you guys... <laughs> You guys are the important ones. Thank you again for being here, uh, Mike. You got to be very happy with the uh, with the music that uh, is showcased up at this festival. Very much so. You know, it's a it's a labor of love for us to put together the best possible schedule, and we are, as I said earlier, we're blessed with some of the best uh, best Irish music in the country right here in Chicago. And you just heard some of it right there. Yeah, we got St. Stephen's Green. We know they're closing out Friday. You mentioned Dust Bowl Revival. They are they are another big act they're on a main Friday stage night. Act right. And Tupelo is closing out Sunday night. What other what other highlights? I mean, you, we we can't list all the bands because no, they're all we fantastic. Can't, but uh, but what, what you want to consider for the weekend is we touch a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So we have this fabulous uh, Chet Atkins-style guitar player coming in from Ireland. His name's Shane Hennessy. He's coming from Nashville to see us on Sunday. Uh, we have a band from New York City. If you like the Pogues, you're going to love these guys. They they played at our festival before. They're called the Prodigals, and they're okay. they're closing out Saturday night. We have you know one of the one of the best uh, singers. You know, the bard himself, Rory Makem, the son yes. of Tommy, is going to be doing two shows. So, Fantastic. And then we have a kid band. Uh, I don't want to call them a kid band. A family band. Okay. Uh, the Byrne Brothers. Uh, they're from Dublin, and um, they've been playing down at Raglan Road in Orlando okay. uh, at Disney for the last uh, year or so. But, oh, uh, really? They range in age from like 10 to 15. They're all 
they've all won multiple All Ireland titles and in various instruments and dance. And uh, they're going to be there, and they're they're very infectious in their music. And it's the three of them and their dad. Oh, and wow. uh, you can see them every day of the festival, and you'll also see them wandering around and hopefully jumping up on stage with whoever they feel like it because they're kids and they can do whatever they want. <laughs> so it's uh it's going to be pretty great, and we're, we're happy to see them as well. So. That is terrific. Well, everybody needs to get up there, whether you're Irish or just want to be, or you're just curious. You've driven by this building at 4626 North Knox and go, I wonder what's going on in that Irish American Heritage Center. This is the weekend to come find out. It is uh, July 12th, 13th, and 14th at the Irish American Heritage Center. Uh, go to irish-american.org. Get your tickets before July 11th. They're only 10 bucks. After that, it's 15 Uh Food, music, drink, culture fun activities for the kids activities for the for the whole family yes and mike and if i could say one more thing all right one more if you want to be a part of it oh you can volunteer we could use volunteers yes and volunteering is fun because one you get a t-shirt two you get to go in the air-conditioned lunchroom uh, after your shift and get a sandwich and they may or may not have a keg of beer in there <laughs> i'm not saying one way or another let's just say i volunteer for a couple of shifts that's all uh but yes volunteer we could certainly use volunteers so if what you what if it sounds good to you you know we could have yeah and there, there's all different ways to volunteer so you can go and check that out too there's a link on the uh a link at the uh, website irish-american.org mike is also the host of windy city irish radio along with tim taylor and that airs when and where Wednesday nights, WSBC 1240 AM from 8 to 9 PM, or the podcast, WindyCityIrishRadio.com. Very nice. It's a fun show. I was on it once. Yes, it was, you were. And then you never asked me back. Hey, it was fantastic. You'll have your time. <laughs> Windy City Irish Radio. Listen to that. We thank uh, St. Stephen's Green. They, they just sounded fantastic. Let's do this, then it's news time. WGN. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. I don't know where the reverb... Oh, there it is. I didn't, I didn't even know we had reverb out here, but well, now I do. You were sounding kind of... I don't know where... Music? I, I didn't know where it came from. Yeah, I thought it, I actually thought it was the music. <laughs> like, What's going on? It's been a long day, hard day at the office. I don't know what's out of... I didn't even know we had... Is this... Oh, that's it. There you go. I didn't even know that was there. We're not going to use that anymore. Uh, I'm going to turn that right down. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I actually heard somebody complaining about the weather today, and I wanted to punch him in the throat. Why? Because, because it, it was what it was hot. Somebody, so somebody was saying it was too hot. And then I was sitting outside because I've been downtown since uh, 9:30 this morning. I did see your uh, little picture of the nice little cafe you were sitting oh, at. Oh, it's a little cafe where they play guitar all night and all day. I oh. can hear them in the back room strumming. <laughs> Hold tight, baby. Don't you know daddy's coming? Sure, I'll do Springsteen lyrics all night. I don't care. That's fine. <laughs> but I was sitting out there. Uh, I was sitting out there just enjoying myself. Uh -huh. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, somebody walked by and went, oh, it's a little chilly out here, isn't it? And I was like, <laughs> what? I... One, it ruined my moment of zen, which I yeah. was enjoying, uh, just sitting out there unencumbered by other human beings. Mm -hmm. And secondly, I was, uh, are you, uh, you're an idiot, quite frankly. It's beautiful out here. It had to be, because at that point, you know, we're right near the lake. Mm -hmm. It was maybe uh, low 80s, no humidity at this mm -hmm. point. The rain hadn't come through. Everything was just, everything was uh, going swimmingly, except for this person. And then it, earlier in the morning, it was I was walking down. Uh, I was over on the other side by our old building. I was oh, walking okay. down the street, and somebody, oh, it's so hot today. It's so hot. Said, oh, it's Did people, you just want to turn I'm around? I'm tired just... of people complaining about everything. 
Yeah. I'm the only one who can complain about everything. That's my gig. That's my stock in trade. That's my ballywick, as people like to say. I don't know who likes to say that other than people in uh, Deadwood the movie. But, uh, but yes, that is. You know what I'm going to complain about now? Why? These scooters. Have you seen these idiot scooters running around? I'm you, are lucky you, I have not seen any up in uh, the Rogers Park neighborhood. I think you're too far north. I think Irving Park is uh, yes. as far north as they go. Well, but yeah, they're finding I, them. Well, in sure places they're, they're not supposed to be. Because people are just flinging them. Because they're <laughs> ridiculous. It's uh, I've seen now. I've seen over on the uh, on the west end of this Harlem Avenue is the west end of okay. the of the deal, and uh, I've seen some people zipping along. Not not on Harlem, but between Harlem and Oak Park Avenue. Mm-hmm. I've seen some people zipping along on them, and then I have seen them just discarded on the side of the road. Like just sitting on the sidewalk, there's a scooter. Oh, there's another scooter. <laughs> What's happening? People I, just like I don't I'm tired understand of this. So if you if you rent one, yeah, it, don't you have like unlimited rental? Like you you get charged for as much as you use. It's not like the power will suddenly stop. The motor will stop because you've run out of time. I I don't understand this, and how can they? be found outside of the area they've been authorized well i think i mean theoretically if you were the kind of person who wanted to uh drag a a dead scooter (laughs) to another area you could do that you can't scoot like once you get i got if i if i'm to cross the line Mm -hmm. if i cross the street then my scooter theoretically will die and i'll just be an idiot standing on a skateboard with a handle that won't go anywhere uh but if I if I then realize the error of my ways and think to myself, I'll show them. <laughs> I'm going to drag this scooter out to Rosemont, and I'm just going to leave it on a runway. Oh, That's what's going to happen. Sure. And then yeah. <laughs> people go, well, I don't know what happened to scooter number 827. Uh, we never found it. Last, last we knew, it crossed Irving Park Road, and uh, then it was gone. It fell off the radar, man. Yeah. yeah. Or people, are, you know, the south branch of the river is the southern uh, the southern border. People could just drive them right into the river. <laughs> right. I'm not a proponent of that. No. I don't want to hear it. Listen, I don't want any calls or letters coming to the station. Uh, did Brian Dittard actually tell people to drive scooters into the river? Uh, <laughs> well, if he did and you listen to him, who's really getting what they deserve? You know, true. True. If you yeah, if you right. take my advice and drive a scooter into the river, which is not the advice I gave, no. just for the record. No. Uh, but if you do mm-hmm. uh, do that, you will have only yourself to blame. You're correct. Plus, they're seeing kids. They're saying uh, kids who are under eighteen are not, are driving them. Little kids. People are doing them without a helmet. People don't know how to drive. Somebody got hit by. Uh, they hit a, a cyclist and seriously injured the bicyclist. This is this is a horrible idea. Yeah. I said it since uh, they announced that they were going to put these things on the street. This is a bad idea. Uh, it just, one, we've got too much congestion anyway. Mm-hmm. Two, people have a hard enough time walking down the sidewalk. Have you ever tried to meander down Michigan Avenue oh, or any side street, anywhere, horrible. any major thoroughfare? People, today, I saw somebody actually run into a garbage can because they were looking at their phone. I'm like, well, now if they were on a scooter looking at their phone, oh, it would have been no. oh, it would have been much more amusing because they would have been scooting along, hit the garbage can, done a header over the handlebar. That would have been amusing for me as a witness, not so much for the person who was involved in the... Uh, no, they would have been, very, especially if you're saying they're not wearing helmets. No, they're not wearing helmets. Because this is how people think. Well, it's a scooter. 
How much damage could I do to my noggin? It's a motorized I, scooter. How I, fast I, do those things go? Uh, 700 miles an hour. <laughs> no, I don't think... Uh, Is that no. the rocket engine on it? I want to say 15 miles an hour, but that's, that's too fast. Lot. No, that's too fast, too. Okay. They can't be... Uh, uh, let's see. No, it doesn't I, really I say. I can't understand why they can't just use one of those divvy bikes. You can go fast enough I don't that. want people on the divvy bikes either. But that's safer. Is it? I think so. I don't believe so because, again, people are riding in the streets. Uh, listen, I don't... Um, I like riding a bicycle. Mm-hmm. I would never ride a bicycle in the city. I know people who do. One of my brothers does. My brother got car doored once. I've seen, I've seen it happen to people. Uh, and those are people who ride bikes all the time. Experienced cyclists right. are getting involved in altercations. Now... You've got divvy bikes with people who are just uh, rolling about. They don't know. They're not wearing helmets. They're not paying attention to the rules of the road. They're just zipping around. I think, uh, you know, I, I get it. Everybody thinks they can ride a bike. Mm-hmm. And everybody, you know, and most people can ride a bike. Well, sure. but not. But it's a different kind of bike riding when you're in the city in traffic. As opposed to on a residential street. Or a nice path. Or a bike path. Yeah, sure. just get on a path. You know, yeah. you know Where there's I'm, no cars around, anything else. Right. You're yeah. not a bike messenger. You don't need to be zipping around the city streets. I used to when I was way you really? younger. Oh, gosh. All right, hang to, on. Hang yeah. on. Let's, we'll continue Uh-oh. this conversation. we got to talk more about scooters. Okay. Uh, if you have any thoughts on this, 312-981-721. Or some texts are coming in, so we'll get to, we'll get to those. We'll talk to Rogers. Uh, spot, we'll talk about Rogers' spotted history as a bicycle messenger. I don't even know... If that was possible, but uh, so much more to get to, and it's all happening right here on WGN. This week, Chicago's Best is in the market for food from around the world. Marley and Elliot grab lunch and load up their shopping bags. Chicago's Best Markets, it's Sunday night at 10 on WGN-TV. All right, we're talking about this uh, two-week-old scooter program that has been unleashed on our city, and the pilot program is off to a rough start. Uh, People not obeying the rules, people uh, leaving the scooters uh, God only knows where, young children observed on these when you're supposed to be at least 18 years old or have a uh, parent's permission, you can then be 16, they're parked illegally, people are just leaving them on the middle of sidewalks, and uh, there's been at least one incident in which a scooter rider crashed into a bicyclist, leaving the cyclist badly injured, that according to Chicago Police and the Chicago Tribune from the 847, I saw one of those lovely scooters zipping upstate in the gold Coast Triangle against traffic with a girl looking down at her phone in one hand and the other was holding on to the control stick and a frappuccino. The plague of scooters that has destroyed parts of New York City and California is here regardless of what part of the city you are in. At this point, is it acceptable if I see this type of behavior to just uh, run up and push those people over? Do you think I'd get in trouble for that? Is that assault? I don't have a... Maybe I get an attorney. Yeah, you, you'd have... Is that battery? Trouble. Yes. All right. Assault and battery. What you, if I just throw a battery at them? What is that? Well, how about if you just knock the coffee out of their hand? Well, I'm sure that would get them just as upset. Well, let them be upset. You wouldn't be attacking them. <laughs> you well, would be attacking the, the coffee well, I, I think if I slap a coffee out of somebody's hand, they could... You know, I'm, no, I'm no lawyer... But then they would stop. Now they are not sure, causing that, issues. What if, what with if the they try to chase me? Huh? What if they try to chase me on their scooter? Well, you're already exhausted from running after I'm them to knock the coffee cup. Well, how fast can they be going? I'm in my car too. I'm just gonna. Oh, that's right. Well, you're driving by. Uh, okay. Another eight four seven. Just like the bicycles in Scottsdale, we're going to end up with scooters all over the place. Yeah, I, I don't see this going well. No. Uh, and I, I hope 
that the pilot program is all. And once the pilot program is over, the city smartens up and went, you know what, we don't need this. Wait a minute. We don't need, we don't need all the congestion. We don't need another motorized vehicle uh, mm-hmm. shooting down the sidewalks and mm-hmm. the streets and the curbs. Mm-hmm. And we don't need them left all over the neighborhoods. Uh, because it, it just, it's nuts. Now, but we have to get back to something that we glossed over before the break oh, okay. that I think needs to be addressed. You were a bicycle messenger? No, 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 no. I would ride my bicycle all over town. Oh, so would I as a kid. Yeah. That's, I didn't say I was a messenger. I just said I used to ride my bike all over town. Right, you were complaining about people riding their bikes I, on city streets and everything. No, no, you know, I'm with not, the bikes and all that. Right, because they, again, there's... There's a point where there's too much. There's right now, if people have their own bike and they're riding it to work or whatever, right? okay, that's taking some cars off the street, but it is it, there's more traffic. That's another form of traffic. True. We don't need to add to that with these rental bikes for people who have no business riding the bike in city traffic because that's a different skill set than just riding your bike in your neighborhood. You Understood. Know? I, I get you. Sure. But we don't, so we, you know, now we've got, now we have Divi bikes. We have right. basically Divi scooters where you can just rent these scooters and uh, zip around town. Yeah. Then, and we've got cars and we've got buses and we've got every, everybody with a, uh, with a vehicle now thinks they can be a cab driver. So we've mm-hmm. got a million Uber and Lyft drivers. Mm-hmm. Well, Come me, on. All right. Now, you remember you listened to me. I'm for listening. For the ward office information that yeah but let's advise. let's not push our luck well, I, I understand you know, that. that was a one-time deal maybe. That, well then let me and something that you know that i'm going to say this yeah the reason why we have all of this stuff is because uh, well, city's making money off of it i don't think they're going to make that much money off I, these scooters it doesn't matter they're making money off of this stuff the companies have to be licensed. They have to go through this process, that process. They have to pay, pay this fee. They have to pay that fee. They have to pay money to the city. The city needs money. Well, I know that. And they can't keep going to your, now your Mr. Chicagoan pocketbook to get money to help pay off all their debts. So there are other resources one of them is Divi Bikes. One of them is the scooter program. That's fine. That's all well and good. I don't have to like it. I don't I have to like it. And you know Nobody what? The first, like it, but the that's fir- why it's not going away. Well, the first couple people to get squashed on these scooters by a mm-hmm. truck because mm-hmm. they're zipping into the wrong place. And uh, that's, you know, maybe then we'll figure out. You can't just, you can't, you can't give everybody a motorized vehicle. Some people don't, don't <laughs> deserve it. Some people can't handle it. It is a... Remember when driving was a privilege? Yeah, yeah. it still technically is. No, it's not, because now everybody can get in. Everybody. Uh, <laughs> did I say irregardless? I think you might have. I don't think I did, but somebody somebody thinks I... If I did, I'm, I apologize. Uh, I I know that is not a word, and I don't think... I I don't know when I've It might have it. slipped out, because you're very good about yeah, that. Yeah, but I don't, that's not a word that I even, uh, you know... Well, e- either way. If I maybe I slurred it into something else, I will add that the, yes, the scooters they have scooters in St. Louis uh-huh. in addition to bikes, and 
they love it out there. It's St. Louis, though. But that's St. Louis. Yeah, yeah I know, Louis. but got, I mean, the population of St. Louis? It works well. St. Louis is like half of Chicago, right, and they're just and zipping around trying to get some toasted raviolis and Eagles <laughs> pizza. Oh, they don't fair. really. They don't go into the bowling hall of fame. Yeah, trying to get fair. some jean shorts. There, that's <laughs> come on. It's St. Louis. So you know, it's you can't compare. They're still a metro. They still are a metro city. And they still fine. They're okay, you have to give them that. Okay, they have a downtown. They're still a metro city. They do they have still a downtown. Have that you know that that um, they have a nice Ted Drews concrete. I'll give them that. <laughs> you get yourself a nice Ted Drews down there. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be fine. I think people are going to enjoy themselves. Way you know what else too they much. like in St. Louis? Those shadow puppets. So they're not. It's not hard <laughs> to entertain them. It's not, you know, it's not like all of a sudden they're like, oh boy, this is a great... Scooters, holy cow, we just got off a horse last week. I understand. Uh, you know, but... <laughs> now, every, boy, are you going to hear it from... Oh, sure, everybody from St. Louis is going to come up. They're going to put on their ankle socks and their big white gym shoes and come on up. Their Cardinals hats on. Yeah. Yeah, tell them to get a football team, and then I'll talk to them. Ooh, that's right. St. Louis can't keep a team. There that's, you go. That's, that's, that's a low blow. Well, listen, the truth hurts sometimes. <laughs> Cardinal so. Stadium is still one of the best stadiums I've ever seen. Sure, but nobody's in it. That. Who plays in it? The Cardinals. Oh, the St. Louis Cardinals? Yeah. Hmm. And, they, the, and the, I don't the give baseball, them that. It's better the than, baseball it's, park. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about the big Rams stadium that's empty oh, now. No, that no, giant, unfortunately. That giant monstrosity <laughs> that sits next to the expressway. Oh, man. Uh, from the 847, I don't get the part about people leaving the scooters anywhere. Wouldn't that person's credit card get charged until the scooter is returned? No, you could just uh, you could just leave it. This is a, a, literally what they're doing in St. Yes. Louis. As long There's as you leave it everywhere. within the zone, you, <laughs> you're just, you get it because you buy it. You buy it by, uh, you check it out for a dollar, and it costs 15 cents a minute. And then jump charges, uh, jump Jump charges thirty cents a minute. So, so w- once you're done riding, you just leave it. So how long until it concludes that you're done riding? Is there going to be like a cancel button on the scooter, or I don't know, a done button? Yeah, a done button. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Stick you just a fork in them. Yeah, you just. Uh, yeah, I don't know how it how it knows you're done. Uh, I'm guessing that most of the people listening to this program are way too uh, way too smart to have been on one of those, so they probably couldn't tell me. But maybe you know somebody who was on one. I'm not going to out you. Uh. <laughs> I just I, I just came back from St. Louis over the weekend. I was there all weekend. Ah. Um. So I got to see these birds. They call them the birds. The birds. The birds. That's what the scooters are called. Yeah, they're called birds. Okay. And I've saw plenty of people zipping by on these birds versus uh, their uh helmets or no helmets no helmets of yeah, course of course st louis of course but they're everywhere you can you go in random neighborhoods and they're like four or five scooters just sitting at the corner and it's, it's, are it's, people taking them to go play or just because they're fun to zip around I think it's the- both i think people are i think people use them like they use the divvies here you know uh, to go where they need to go take a bus and i think people also are just like it's a scooter a motorized scooter why not because you're going to fall and kill yourself. Or you're going to kill... Oh, it works with an app on your phone. Thank you, 630. So you can just tell them, I'm done. I am all done scooting for the day, and I'm going to go home. Do, do they have GPS on these things so they know they, that you're not taking them? Well, somewhere? sure, they must. There's got to be a sensor. Does it cut out like, like those... Uh those shopping carts if yeah. you leave the zone? Yeah, once you leave the oh, zone, it, it dies. Okay. okay. It's just done. Uh, the ones in Dallas have a kickstand that you activate when you're done. Okay. Who's a boy? So that's nice. Somebody knows about what's happening in Dallas. 
we have a multicultural I, no, I, uh, city I, I, here. I understand people that, Roger. I, uh, you know, I know this show is on the World Wide Web. Yeah, we are is. streaming live right now. Right. People are listening in 38 states and Canada, thanks to the Clear Channel broadcast. Not Clear Channel, the company, right. but Clear Channel, the radio signal. Right. 50,000 Clear Channel watts. All the watts that we yeah. with all the wattage that we pump yeah. into your cottage. Yeah. All right, uh, let's do this. Then it'll be news time, and then we'll talk to Steve Dale. So much to get to. Uh, uh, we're going to need to get on a scooter to get it all done. Brian Noonan on 720 WGN. We all care about our pets, our cats, our dogs, our iguanas, whatever kind of pet you have at the house. And uh, as the 4th of July holiday draws near, Perhaps in your neighborhood, uh, as in my neighborhood, the fireworks have already started going off, sending my dogs into what can only be uh, termed a tizzy, really. Uh, I don't know what to do about that. One man who does, he knows he knows pretty much everything when it comes to uh, cats, dogs, uh, iguanas, pets, all of the above. Steve Dale, who you hear here every uh, Saturday morning on 720 WGN, he joins me now uh, from Pasadena, California, where you are at CatCon. Is that correct, Steve? I am. I, you know, I've never been at. There's a cat convention in Chicago. I'll be there in a couple of weeks. It's wonderful. It's called the Meow Meetup. <laughs> yeah, you got to come. Sure. It'll, it'll be at the Rosemont Convention Center, and we'll be talking about this on my show, or you can go to my blog to learn more about it, or Google Meow <laughs> Meetup, and I'll be there. I'll be speaking, and maybe you know, a couple thousand people come. It's great. It's yeah. wonderful. Twelve thousand people come to this. Really? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's in, uh, they sell out. It's incredible. I've never done it before, so this will be my first year. I talk tomorrow and Sunday about kitten socialization, and I am so looking forward to it. I'll also talk about some misconceptions that people have about cats and kittens. One of which is, you know, people think cats are finicky, and if they're not yes. eating, they are being finicky. Of course, and, and th- I guess that's possible with some cats, but for the most part, if they're been eating and they're not eating, something is wrong. And how do you stimulate that appetite? Well, the first thing you do is go, you go to the veterinarian to determine what's wrong. And you know what? Giving a cat a pill is never a fun thing to do. Right. Uh, there are some cats, our cat, you know, you can pill, but a lot of cats, uh, it can take uh a life insurance policy you need to take out before you give a cat a pill because it's going to be a battle. And it's not, you know, so now there's an appetite stimulant. Can you imagine the technology here? You just rub it on the cat's ear and the cat gets hungry. What, so that, that, what doesn't, need, that doesn't sound right. No, it's amazing. And what we need, I think, for people is the exact opposite. We need something to rub on our ear to curb our appetite <laughs> sometimes. Yes. Right? But but what a brilliant thing, you know. It's amazing what technology is doing these days. And anyway, I'm getting off on the topic. So I'll be talking about kitten socialization here uh, at the cat convention where I think pretty much all 12,000 people wear cat ears. Is that right? That seems yeah, a... It, it, you, you I don't know. Around, I... In Pasadena, you walk around town, and you, you, I'm seeing all these people dressed as cats. <laughs> and it's not from, they're not playing Grizabella from the Broadway show. I mean, they're dressed as cats. It's 
it's interesting. It and, sounds uh, it sounds interesting. I saw a picture of you on Instagram, and uh, people should always follow Steve Dell Pets on Instagram because you are all, one. You are always somewhere exotic, and uh, <laughs> now you're at the main entrance of CatCon, and it, the the cat in the CatCon logo looks a little scary to me. It reminds me of one of the Siamese cats from uh, I think it was uh, Lady and the Tramp or one of those Disney movies where the uh, the two Siamese cats they uh, they freaked me out, which may may. Explain my affinity for dogs rather than cats. Oh, well, listen. Oh. By the way, can I apologize? I know we're on the air, but let me get personal, Brian. Oh, I know wow. Hello. How are you? Something and, and drops and drop something off, and I forgot. That's so okay. I need to do that. I apologize. Oh, no need to apologize. But but you know what? You can help me with this because it's it. Somebody else had this problem. So I mentioned uh, Mike Shevlin was in here. He's the president of the Irish American Heritage Center, and he is moving also. Now, he has cats. He has two cats. Mm-hmm. And uh, and since you're at CatCon, maybe you can tie this in with cats and dogs. When people are moving to a new location, when they're, when they're moving to a new house or a new apartment or whatever, uh, we as humans have sometimes a hard time adjusting, but we can explain to people what that why we're having a hard time. Our right. animals are also going through an upheaval because they're going to a new environment. And Mike was worried about his cats, and I had mentioned to you that I think, you know, my dogs were having a hard time while we were packing, and now as I'm bringing them to the new house, I worry about it. How can people how can people help ease their animals in a transition like that, a major transition? So the answer is somewhat different, somewhat the same for cats and dogs. Uh, so for dogs, what you want to do is, uh, I was going to bring you some adaptal. That's a copy of a calming pheromone okay. that helps dogs feel comfortable in their own environment. There's a cat version of that called Feel Away as well. And that actually, Brian, would help a little bit. Uh, with dogs, what you want to do is try to keep their schedule as close to typically possible as you can. Okay. So if you uh, usually took them out at 8.30 in the morning. Well, do the best you can to do with that. And then at 5 o'clock, that's when you previously took them out. The other thing you want to do is have dogs uh, help forget their problems. And a tennis ball can do that. A squeaky toy can do that, depending on the dog. Yeah. Whatever they like to do. Just good long walks in the area, spending quality time together, but having fun. Whatever your dog defines as fun do that with your dog, and your dog will soon get over it as long as you're there. Okay. You know, and and as long as the family is there. Uh, dogs sim- typically have a less of a hard time with it than cats do, but every animal is uh, different. Every animal is an individual, and some dogs do have a hard time doing this. Uh, cats, what I would do is I would introduce the house room by room by room. I mean, a three-room I don't know, a three-bedroom house with a living room, a dining room, and a kitchen is, to a cat, very large. I mean, huge. Yeah. Overwhelming. And and it is overwhelming. Plus the previous, remember dogs and cats, look by their noses. So whatever previous scents were there are not there. Now, the good news, hopefully, most of your personal belongings are there, so it smells like you, it looks like you, so it's you're there. That's helpful. For cats, what I would do is I would introduce them one or two rooms at a time, depending on the layout. So if you can keep them, assuming they get along well together, you don't want to lock cats in a room that aren't getting along well together. But if they're friends and they get along very well together, put them in a second bedroom, a den, maybe your bedroom. Whatever room smells like you the most that you're going to be in a lot, 
Okay. Uh, and leave them, and then slowly, gradually open them up over the course of three or four days to the entire house. Uh, for cats, as I said, the product, the pheromone product called Feel Away, really can help take the edge off as well. Very nice. Uh, we've got to get uh, we've got to get into the Fourth of July because that is always it's always a very traumatic time for animals. They don't know what's going on. Uh, Steve Dallas here. If you have a quick question for Steve, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. All right, we know. Most animals don't want to hear explosions. They get very nervous, and uh, every every animal is different as it when it comes to trying to calm them. How much do we play into their nervousness, and how much do we should we just uh, you know kind of ignore it and figure it'll go away in a couple of days? Well, actually. Uh... I've told you this, Brian, and I'm pausing and laughing because you do ask the most insightful question. (laughs) Well, thank you, Steve. (laughs) It's true. The simple question that you asked, I've told you before, the simple question you asked is actually complicated and very, very insightful. So (laughs) on several different levels, uh, we assume that the dogs, and the same for thunderstorm anxiety, Mm -hmm. we assume that dogs, and some cats are afraid to, will figure it out. They will figure out, remembering somehow from last year, or figuring <laughs> yes. it out from, okay, on January, <laughs> July 3rd, nothing happened. So on July 4th, nothing is going to happen. Or maybe five thunderstorms in a row, nothing happened. So on the 6th, I'm going to... It actually, the reverse happens. The fear in most animals, most animals tends to grow like that snowball gets bigger and bigger. And it actually worsens if we do nothing. Now, for some, it stays the same. And I suppose somewhere there are some who get better and maybe figure it out. I don't know. But for the most part, absolutely, the fear mounts if we do nothing. Okay. And, and I would actually get to go to the point where I, I would say, if you do nothing and you have a dog that's very afraid, you know, if it's only fireworks, that only comes once a year. Right. But thunderstorms, and I could talk about that separately because I want to get back to fireworks, and the answer is a bit different. But if it, we have a lot of thunderstorms. In fact, I don't think we've had a day in three months now without them in Chicago, right? Right. So. You, you really do need to talk to a professional and do something about that because it's not going to disappear on its own. It probably will get worse. Now, as far as fireworks, there are things that you can do to, the fancy term is desensitize and counter condition, but it takes a week or two to do that. Right. And we're up against the clock now. So, what I, and, and as you pointed out in the introduction, fireworks are beginning to happen in some communities. Oh, yeah. So, so for dogs that are mildly, very mildly worried, uh, plug in. I mentioned the adapto. I'll do it again. Plug that in and call it a day. Let the dogs hide under the bed or go into the bathroom or bathtub in the bathroom. Whatever they do to help them feel comfortable, those are for dogs that are very mildly worried about it. Okay. For dogs that are truly fearful. And I do want to talk about something. There's, for, for several years, even professionals were saying, don't coddle your dog. Don't give your dog any attention, because by giving me attention, then you are actually making the Yes, and that's what that's what led to my question because I've heard no. that theory that if you if you uh, play into their fears, then they just get worse and worse. Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. Very continental of you, Steve. Very <laughs> continental of you to come back with me. You know what? Hang on a second. Then you okay. can continue to chastise me. Uh, Steve Dale is <laughs> no, with me. No, 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 no. I understand. But we will we will uh, talk about that theory and why it is, in fact, rubbish. Uh, as soon as we have a spot of tea, Governor, if you can hang on for just a moment, uh, I will be right back. Steve Dale is in Pasadena. He is at uh, CatCon, but he's talking to us here on WGN. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. We're talking pets. My man Steve Dale is in Pasadena at CatCon. You can hear him, of course, here every Sunday morning at 630. Steve Dale's Pet World. Follow him on uh, all his various channels. Uh, what's the website, Steve? Is it Steve uh, Steve Dale's PetWorld.com? I forget. I apologize. Yeah, you got it. No, Steve Dell's All right. That'll, that'll do it. That'll and, do it. And tomorrow morning, by the way, at 630, uh, I'll be talking with Dr. Jane Goodall. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's part two of a two-part interview uh, that I was privileged uh, enough to do with the uh, most amazing person I've ever interviewed, uh, ever spoken to in my life. I mean, very she is cool. incredible up for a Nobel Peace Prize for very good reason. Very nice. All right, before we uh, before we went to the break, you had said that a theory that I had uh, I had heard about if you ignore a dog's nervousness, it will go away. You called that in, and if I uh, misquote you, forgive me, but I think you said rubbish. Cheerio, jolly old man. All yes, right. So it is rubbish. Why is that rubbish? Uh, because you can't reinforce an emotion like that. Okay. You know, uh, you just can't. So uh, I don't know how to equate it with people because dogs don't always exactly think like people or cats. Uh, but it's it's, it's, it's it's to either admonish them for being afraid. That's not going to do any good. And what right. that will do, perhaps, is even impact the human-animal bond that we have and the level of trust that dogs have with us. And that makes no sense. And it actually makes no sense at the same time to ignore the problem. Uh, But what can help some animals, and the thinking was, and this is what you were getting to, the thinking was at one point by giving the dog attention, by saying, it's okay, don't worry, and petting your dog, that will somehow make matters worse and it doesn't and in fact for some dogs it helps them to feel consoled it is not going to make their fear go away either if they're that afraid we need a bigger hit than that but it can make them feel a little better okay why not that's the more humane thing to do now for dogs that are inconsolable for the worst of the worst of the worst, the fireworks go off, and these dogs almost want to jump through a window. Right. Uh, they may have accidents in the house. They won't go outside to do their business. They are shaking. They're shivering. They are absolutely terrified. Inconsolable is a good word to describe it. Right now, well, maybe not right now, but tomorrow, well, at least Monday, contact <laughs> your veterinarian when you can. All uh, right. Because there's, uh, there's a drug that's made it specifically for that. You know, a lot of the anti-anxiety drugs, the Prozacs of the world, those sorts of things, yeah. they take weeks and weeks to kick in. That's not going to help. So what we need now is a quicker hit, and uh, the drug is called Cilio, but the, the veterinarians will know about it. No, whether it is appropriate for your dog, it is okay. not to be used in cats. Not okay. to be used in not cats. Not to be used in cats. Mm-hmm. But there are nutritional supplements. So for dogs that have, they're definitely afraid, and you want to help them, you should. 
And there are nutritional supplements available to do that. Um, that, that one is called Zentrol. Uh, another is called Solical. I've got them all listed on my website. Uh, in, in the story that I wrote, the question that I get now more than any other is, what about CBD? Yeah. And and I don't know. Uh, the studies haven't been done. It might work. It might not work. I. It's possible. Okay. I, I, nobody knows. We, we just don't know. What, what I would do for sure that we know can help. This is what we know. For a lot of dogs, the Thunder Shirt. Yeah, I've heard, of, I've heard of that for years, and, and that does work? So, every dog is different. For, right. for many dogs, absolutely yes. Okay. So I would consider that possibility. And there's other similar products out there. One's called the Storm Defender, and others called Anxiety Wrap, in all fairness. Uh, but the Thunder Shirt was the original. So the, Let me, let me are, ask you a question, yeah. though, Steve. Where, how do we know, you know, most dogs... On any given day, if there's a loud noise, they're going to jump. So how do you know if it's, how do we know when our dog is suffering uh, anything more than just, oh, there was, you know, I dropped a, I dropped a can in the kitchen and the dog jumped and ran away, which is a normal reaction. Sure. Uh, so where do we, where do we draw the line between a normal reaction to a loud sound and a dog that is in need of whether it's uh, the thunder shirt or something more? Well, and that's a very hard, that's a great question, but it's again. hard thing to exactly, again, but it's hard <laughs> thing to exactly answer, because some of it, you know, so I'm using the word inconsolable, so right. those are the worst of the worst. Those okay. are dogs that truly cannot control their fear. They are terrified. They, they want to, in some cases, literally jump out a window. They are shaking. They uh, have accidents in the house. It's not a housebreaking issue, but everything in them comes out. Right. They are, you could see it in their eyes that are bulging. They are absolutely terrified. For dogs that you know are afraid, that dog is not acting like my dog. My, that dog's got its tail tucked it's, it's in a corner. It may be shivering a little, maybe over panting a bit. Those dogs, you may not call them inconsolable, but they're definitely afraid, yeah. and you definitely want to help them, and you can't. And and to ignore them is not the right thing. So some of what I just rattled off, adaptable that I mentioned a couple of times can be mm -hmm. helpful. But for those dogs, what I would do is I'd stick them in a room, a smaller room, like second bedroom, a den, something like that. Downstairs, maybe. Uh, downstairs is good because it's away from the noise. Close right. the window, obviously. You know, it, you don't want more sounds of fireworks. Fact, <laughs> that's not helpful. Uh, and and close the shades because in some cases they can see the reflection yeah. of the fireworks if you if you're close. The the other thing you do then is you pump up something else. Uh, classical music has been shown by studies to calm dogs, but and cats. Okay. The, the other thing, of course, that works better is Brian Noonan on the radio. Or right. Or maybe they station. maybe they listen to your interview with Jane Goodall. They can you find it so fascinating. I would hope. So turn that on in the background and then give your dog something to do. So now, or cat, because dogs and cats are like guys. They're not very good at multitasking. So if wow. you can, if, if you. Break it, Brad, on your own species there, Steve. I know, I know. So if you give them a Kong toy or, or a food puzzle and they're busy working at it, or the kids are playing with the cat with an interactive toy and the cat is focused on that toy but the dog is focused on the squeaky toy, then at that same time, the dog can't be afraid. So if the dog is busy eating, the dog is not afraid. If you can get that dog <laughs> to do something enjoyable, or a cat okay. to do something enjoyable, then that animal is not paying attention 
to what is making it frightful or fearful in the first place. Well, that sounds uh, that sounds very good. So it's and we go through this we go through this every year. And if I'm sure if people are listening now and their their pets have gone through this, they've done something. Uh, but there's always people who you know you adopt a new animal and all of a sudden you're like uh, I don't know <laughs> I don't know what to do I don't know if it's really scared or not. But uh, it is always it is always good to talk. I, and I mean that. It's I enjoy I enjoy your counsel. I enjoy your use of the word rubbish and uh, have. <laughs> Have fun at CatCon. It doesn't sound like my pl- my kind of joint, but it sounds like it's right up your alley. And tomorrow you will talk about kitten socialization, which I'm guessing does not mean just adding another one to a sack. Is that correct? <laughs> that, that would be correct. All right. In fact, you know how they have puppy classes. Sure. So I am talking about kitten classes. Wow, very nice. Wow. Well, yeah. we will be listening, uh, and it's Sunday morning. Your interview with uh, Dr. Jane Goodall will be on, uh, and people need to follow you, uh, stevedalespetworld.com. Go there, read the blogs, keep up on all the information. And, uh, again, follow Steve on Instagram because uh, at Steve Dale Pets because he's always somewhere doing something exciting, usually with an animal. Uh, Steve, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. I will talk to you again soon. Have fun out in uh, Pasadena. Thank you very much, sir, All right. Brian Newton. Thank you, sir. Talk to you soon. Uh, John Hansen is coming up at one o'clock. This is—I uh, I see him lurking in the hallway. He doesn't think that he doesn't know that we don't have another commercial. Uh, I've got an eight-second thing. Uh, let me let me get this out of the way, John.